Well, good evening there, Mark. Well, good evening there, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. Sipping on uh, on an alcoholic beverage. Uh, just enjoying life. How about yourself? Yeah. You know, it's funny you mention alcohol. Um, <laughs> I I guess I'm okay, but it's been a really weird week down here. Hmm. So you know uh, the High Hammock Studios has been my home and domicile for about eight years now because, hey, it's a super cheap apartment to rent. Like, it's great. Three yeah. bedrooms, you know, it's got a deck. It used to have a hammock tied highly to it. Ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> it was a good house. Like, and you, you know, you, you've been with, or you've been around me long enough to know this place's history and, like, we threw some killer parties here. Like, um, yeah. Well, and it might shock you to know that other people have thrown some killer parties here, right? Okay. Which, of course, like, duh, it's a great party house, you know, like, so long as you don't piss off your downstairs neighbors. But then this sure. last week, like, I don't know, it was just like, he was a former wrestler at Adams, right? But he was okay. also a foreign exchange student from Mexico, or not foreign exchange, but whatever the, what, what do you call it when you, like, you're not exchanging them, but like... He was a Mexican resident who came to Alamosa to be a wrestler. He was amazing, right? Um, and, but this immigrant. was like 30... This was like... So he would like... I think he t- was telling me he graduated in like 2003 or four. A little bit older than you and I, but like, you know, he knows okay. what's up. Point is, so he shows up at the think hole. He just showed up here and... Oh. It was kind of weird because, like, there's just, like, this, I, like, there's a knock on the door and it's, like, this, like, kind of shortish Hispanic dude, real, just, like, colossally buff, but, like, the biggest beer gut you've ever seen. <laughs> and we kind of get to bullshit. He's like, I'm not trying to be weird, man. I just, you know, I did a lot of partying in this house. And, like, man, I really, really wish that, like, I could party just one more time. And I was like, dude, just, you know what? Come in. Drink a beer. We, we, we can talk. You know, old Adam State sure. alumni. I used to be a bit of a wrestler myself back in the old day. Talk shop sure. with, you know, somebody. And then he wouldn't leave. And then one beer became like eight beers. And then like Amanda shows up and she's like, why is this dude in our living room? Like, I cannot get him <laughs> out of here. And like, then he's like, oh, yeah, we got to talking about podcast, like, you know, because I'm trying to get rid of him. And he's like, oh, let me see your studio and shit. And then he sees my guitars and he picks it up and just starts playing. She blinded me with science on it. And I'm like, OK, dude, she blinded me with science is not a good song in Spanish. Please stop. Oh. Please, senor, leave my home. And he's like, you don't like she blinded me with science. Well, how about I do? How about I play you a different song? The song of the dang old podcast. Hey. I, don't, I lost the thread. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> No, no, that's that, shit. That's better than most of the cold opens I give you guys. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, the Mark, Meatmeister, the Meatmeister, the one and only, joined by his propane wizard buddy. <laughs> uh, we take two episodes of that beloved animation classic, King of the Hill, and we rate it. We uh, we talk about how good it is, how bad it is, if it holds up today. Um, we talk about our favorite guest stars and what we like, and sometimes we go down really weird, random tangents and 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 just like thought patterns and processes. And on occasion, like last week, you probably heard us spin a very good ending to a very bad episode. Hey, it's what we do here. Uh, we talk King of the Hill, and you're here to listen to King of the Hill. So, Mark. We gotta we gotta keep going, and we are fresh into season nine, are we not? Season nine, episode two. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, this is episode in totality 173. My God. Unfortunately, <laughs> I know, I know. Unfortunately, labeled labeled Ms. Wakefield. Mark, our original air date for this episode is December 19th, 2004. Uh, and I, I just want to make a note of this. This is our second episode of season nine. Yes, and sir. last week I made it a big bitch that it, or we didn't even get our first episode until like the second week of November, like mm-hmm. first or second week of November. So now we have now gone another month plus without an episode. And episode 174 will not be until January. Did something happen? I like... have no idea, but apparently they feel so strongly about season nine that they're like, cool, we really don't need three months worth of episodes. We're just going to shove them all out during sweeps. <laughs> so I don't know what the production schedule is like. Maybe I can do some research before next week's episode and kind of figure out what the fuck is the problem here. But it's just so weird to me that we're going four whole weeks in between brand new episodes. And unless it's themed, I don't usually see that anymore. Like, like Bob's Burgers will do a Thanksgiving episode. They do one every single year. And then usually right. they will go dark for a couple of, of days or a couple of weeks because yeah. they've got a, a Christmas one right in the fucking tank. Yeah. Well, but that's so, how it works now, too. Like, we don't get, like, full season runs of shit. Like, now you get three weeks of new shows and then you're off for four weeks and you're on for three and then... Yeah, it's so weird because you'd think that, like, the network model is still working for network shows. One would assume, but, like, all I can figure is it's just an easy way to, like, hey, what if we took your full season and split it in half? You like that, right? Good. We don't care. Like, <laughs> however, well, I mean, you're I essentially like, why would money. you bother doing a whole 20 season or episodes when you can knock out eight and then do another eight six months later? Like, I know that yeah. they knock them all out together, but, like, you know, I, whatever. I'm bitching. No, like, if you can drag it out, it makes it seem like, oh, yeah, we this has been the season the whole year. And never mind the fact that we lost four episodes somewhere than we normally would have gotten 20 years ago. Anyway, uh, I just I thought it was something interesting to note because I, I I don't know. It stuck out, stuck out to me. Uh, this episode was written by J.B. Cook. Mark, do you have our, our sheet up? Can you tell us what J.B. Cook wrote last? Yeah, so um, starting from reverse order he wrote patch boomhauer mm. dale tech okay. megalodale racist dog and soldier of misfortune Ooh, so i mean there's there's some turds mixed in that punch bowl there's only one turd as far as i'm concerned we both love dale <laughs> tech i loved megalodale we both really enjoyed soldier misfortune yes i had a breakdown about gun violence in america but still yeah, fucking evergreen yeah. like it's um He's weird. I got notes about this later on when we start talking about the, like actually talking about it. But like, I would say that JB cook is while he's not a good Dale writer, he gives us good Dale episodes. If that makes sense. He's also, I can see that. also Meglo Dale is a horror movie. This is a horror movie. This is a horror episode of King of the Yeah. Hill. No, it absolutely is. I I think it's safe to say, at least for me, that if it's not a Dale-centric episode that J.B. Cook has written, I'm probably not going to like it because you named Patch Boomhauer and Racist Dog, and I really, I don't remember those fondly, even from our rewatch. I don't, you probably have my, my rating up there for them, but yeah, and this, this one is, uh, this is going to be rough. Um, well, let me, let me get the cast of characters and synopsis out of here so that we can start talking about some notes. Our cast uh, Patch Bo- is- By the way, Patch Boomhauer was a two-tane out of us, so... Okay, okay. There that. I mean, and so then it's, Racist it's, Dog was a megalo out of you and a charcoal out of me. Okay, so that was a lower one, wasn't it? 
It might be one of our worst, yeah. Like, outside of um, Rich Hank, Poor Hank, I think Racist Dog might be one of our worst reviewed episodes. It's. I know you and I had a double megalo for one episode, and I want to say that this is the only thing that we've had that's as that's lower than that was Racist Dog. Like, I think that yeah. might be our lowest rated episode so far. But uh, anyway, uh, cast of characters this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Con Supernusenpone, John Redcorn, Taxi Driver, Husband, Officers 1 and 2, and then, of course, the aforementioned Ms. Wakefield. Uh, she's voiced by a lady named Marion Ross, has almost 200 credits on IMDb, Mark. Do you oh recognize God. her name by anything? Because she is in almost nothing that is recognizable. No idea. I almost recognize her voice, but I'm not going to say that I do. You know what I mean? Oh, you, you do. And I, if you don't mind, I will give you a, a hint here. Oh, bitter. Um, if, if I told you that I would much rather go hang out with Gumby or Pokey instead of Gumby, because uh, Gumby is a fuckface McGee. She's SpongeBob's grandma? She is the voice of SpongeBob's grandma. Wow. What a yeah, weird Yeah, I was the John. only thing. I <laughs> trust me. I was looking through I was trying to find anything because she's a character actress. She does a lot of of like one shots on TV shows or like little tiny bit parts. Then it was like, "Oh, she's in three episodes of SpongeBob as Grandma SquarePants." Yep, I can absolutely hear uh Ms. Wakefield offering Hank cookies like Miss or like like Grandma SquarePants. So our synopsis this week, it's Christmas time in Arland and the members of Rainy Street go out of their way to ignore their black captain when an uninvited guest makes a request of him. I, that's the, that's my nice, I, this was, I almost had a paragraph written here because I had so much to say about how Hank is treated in this episode, but we're just going to get into it. A story characters, Hank and Ms. Wakefield, really it's Hank and his whole family. It's Hank, Peggy, Bobby, and Ms. Wakefield. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at least he's got Bobby and Peggy on his side for most of this. And Luann to a point. Uh, B-story characters, Dale. Because I think it's it's not a full B-story. It's an A-sub-1. But Dale in his haunted B&B is, is kind of a B-story, right? A-sub-1. You said... Yeah. You said Marion Ross. M-A-R-I-O-N Ross, right? Yes. Not to cut you off, she was born in 1928 and she's still alive. She's still alive? Yes. I'm, I, I could have Because you said that you couldn't find anything dead. and I was kind of curious. No, so she is still alive, but she stopped acting in 2021. Oh my God. That was last, like, two years ago. Like That was two years ago. <laughs> and apparently she was in Happy Days. Yeah. See that? Um, you're right. I don't. She's the mom. She's the mom in Happy Days. We just oh, talked about Henry Winkler last week. There you Fuck go. Oh, hey, that's really weird. <laughs> Where's Ron Howard at? No, Ron Howard was in um, um, Andy Griffith. Oh, I thought Ron Howard was Potsy. Maybe he is Potsy. I just know he's Opie in Andy Griffith, but he's Fuck a lot younger. So okay, we're not talking about both. TV shows that are 30 years older than King of the Hill. <laughs> No, fuck that. Because um, that makes that makes them like 60 years too old for us. So there you go. Yep. Uh, let's get to some notes, buddy. Let's what do it. I cut me? you off, though. I'm sorry. I, did you have anything else you want to talk about with like the B plots or the A plot? Like, No, 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 no. Like I said, I okay. just wanted to kind of lay it out. And, and I, I thank you for helping me qualify Dale's story as an A sub one. Barely. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got this, this alcohol I'm drinking is kind of kicking my ass you're all right i got way too fucking 
shithouse last night playing uh, NHL 2K23. Oh, no. And- I've got this. I, I've got to bring you down some of this stuff the next time I, I see you. So it's it's a French liqueur called Chartreuse, and it's bright mm. fucking green. I know and- Chartreuse. Yeah, it's like 55% alcohol by volume, so it's definitely no slouch, but it's made with 400 different alpine herbs, and it's only, like, the, the like official fancy chartreuse is only made in one monastery in the south of France, and only three dudes that are sworn to silence know what the fucking recipe is and have known for, like, 600 years or some shit. Oh, so it's got a really cool story to it, and it's really fucking sweet and tasty, and I had it on the rocks, and now my rocks are gone, and I, I have fucking global warmed myself into a weird tasting sweet drink nuclear warming yes anyway uh anyway, notes. Sorry, we're, yes. we're on to notes we fucking diverged hard there. i missed you we missed each other like that's the problem we fit we figured this out like we're like two fucking dogs and we gotta like play around and be goofballs for 20 minutes and then we can be like good boys it's true but we've been fucking around for 40 minutes technically <laughs> fuck it i ain't got nowhere to be <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah, uh, notes, uh, notes. Number one note. Remember, remember, this is a Christmas episode of King of the Hill. They're not good. That's the point. They can't be good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty dresses. Uh, the nut before Christmas. Plus the nut before um, Christmas. Like these the are not episode. Why? Yeah. Hellenium, uh, the unbearable blindness of laying like, um, so, Christmas episodes are never good. We need to remember this point going in. I know how much goddamn hate this episode gets on the internet, and I'm trying so hard to look at these objectively. Like, so that's just, like, my first note with this, is remember, it's Christmas. Um, peppermint schnapps makes me sloppy. Yeah, me too, Bill. <laughs> peppermint schnapps is bad for both of us. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, Especially Peppy 90. Oh, God. Um, how has Hank not learned to not let people into his home? You think he'd know by now. You think he'd know by now. Anytime he lets somebody who isn't, like, the alley core in, it's just bad. It's just a bad time. Don't well, shit, do it, and half, Hank. The time, and half the time the alley core gets invited into his house, it turns out bad. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just... I don't know. Why, Hank? When are you going to learn, you dumb bastard? Um, Dale weirdly invented Airbnb. That was just a weird <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird to think about, like, the asininity of that statement out of Dale when this episode came out versus now, and it's like, yeah, we are paying to sleep in somebody else's yeah. bed. That's cool. Everybody else like... does that. I'm So I'm sad that we never see the payoff because I wanted to see how he was going to present that to Nancy as their anniversary gift. Hmm. Or yeah. Christmas gift. Christmas, Christmas gift. yeah. Um, like, we never get to see her reaction to it of, oh, you, you, your gift is other people staying in our house. Like, I want to see her shit. Because <laughs> she puts up with a lot of Dale shit. And I just mm-hmm. want to see the reaction for a change. Yeah, it's time to let Nancy have more of a, like, role in the gribbledom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I really went back and forth. We need to talk, we'll just talk about it, I'm sure. I'm just putting this out there now. Is this good King of the Hill, or is this bad King of the Hill? I can't tell. I I am honestly at a loss to figure out where to fall. Episode 1, King of the Hill, Hank is getting investigated because 
they think he's beating his wife and child, right? We talked right. about how that is not a funny premise, right? Um, it's not supposed to be. I mean, King of the Hill turns it into one, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, just that, just that one, or like anything. Like, all these things that we joke and watch and laugh about, and it's the ones that are super stupid that are the ones, or not super stupid, but just so so highly unbelievable that that's what makes them into a good, believable episode of King of the Hill. Like, so, I don't know. I So, is it good or bad King of the Hill? I don't know. Um, who the fuck retires from teaching Sunday school? You work one day <laughs> a week for, what, two hours? Like, God. I want that. Talk about a cushier gig. Give me that one. Um, this is, And then I wrote, this is Pygmalion good. This is the same, this hits the same beats in my brain that Pygmalion did. And before you ask, no, I was not on performance-enhancing substances this time. Um, okay. No, I just, there's a lot of really good moments in here. Like, the, the closet scene is a, I hate that scene. I was, it's, it's just scary. Like, there's no other way to put it. It is a genuinely upsetting scene, and I, I was all about it in bits. But then you get other bits of it, and I got one more note, but I'm gonna wait for you to give me your notes because I want to see if you hit on it. But that's that's what sure. I got. I don't know. I I went back and forth on this so hard. I almost watched it twice. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I have shockingly few notes in this. Okay. Um. I just kind of hate watched this episode today. Um, the, the notes I do have, uh, we already hit that our, our guest star here, Marion Ross was the voice of grandma Squarepants. Um, I, I want to note that we don't get a different intro for the refreshments very often, but this is a Christmas episode and, and as it is denoted by the Christmas bells, the little jingles to the beat. Yeah. Like, but we've never had like that much jingle bell. Have we? I don't think so, at least not to my memory. I want to say we've heard the Jingle Bells at least once before because I don't know how many more Christmas episodes we're going to get. And I know, yeah. I, I swear they done it, they've done it more than once. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I, they, I like they do it. I just, I was almost like thinking like, damn, that is a lot of like Jingle Bell for this intro. Right, right. Uh, but I like it when they kind of screw with the refreshments theme just a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, totally. This is honestly from this point on, I will probably use that as my trigger of, oh, you hear Jingle Bells. You should probably be skipping this episode. Um, my oh. uh, uh, last note here is, uh, it's, it's a question I kind of want to pose to you because I've never seen this before and I, I'm curious as to where your mind went. Okay. Um, when Hank invites Ms. Wakefield into his house for the very first time, the other three guys were out in the alley with him and then they move. And mm-hmm. Boomhauer's in a hammock and the rest of the guys are they're, they're sitting in lawn chairs and stuff in someone's yard outside mm-hmm. in the dark. What caused them to move to that spot? Like, what do you think they're doing outside in the dark? Are they waiting for Hank to come back? Are they just like, well, I guess we can go and do this now since Hank's not here. And we don't have to be in the alley. Like, it just seemed a, it was a weird, like, out of out of model setting replacement, I guess. Yeah. That I didn't, yeah. I didn't know if you noticed it or if you had any like thoughts on it. Um, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I noticed it. I, I think that number one, I think it's Boomhauer's yard. That's why Boomhauer's in the hammock. Okay, okay, that's um, fair. Number two, because it did hit me as weird. It's like, why are they still outside? This is Christmas time, right? So this is yeah. December twenty 
23rd, 24th, probably right around the equinox, shortest days of the year. But it's still Texas, okay. so, like, it's still going to be warm. Like, the guys are still going to stand around outside and drink beers, but, like, now Hank is gone. We don't. Ha- it's like you're saying, yeah, we don't have to stand in the alley anymore. So I think they just popped over to Boomhauer's yard and just kind of hanging continued out. continued like, on? Yeah. Okay. I, like I said, it was just strange to me because I don't think I've ever seen them in a situation like that. They, the the character models, they've, they've done a, a pretty good job consistently through nine seasons of if everybody is standing, they're all like, like if everybody's there, they're all standing. Or if something is going on, like if somebody is the focus of a problem, then they're going yeah. to be doing something different, but the other three will be doing the same thing. So I, I'm thinking of times like um, early on when... Hank is it pregnant pause where uh, Hank is using in shorts and he's sitting yeah. in a cooler, all that sort of stuff. Um, Hank I, I, laying on his back I, with his legs propped up on the cooler and Bill goes to lay down with him. We just saw that. Exactly. Um, there's there's one I want to say it was Con that we saw where he's just sitting next to them in the fold out chair, and he's just like drinking a beer and hating life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, so it, it just, it was a very interesting setting change for me that I don't normally see. And so it stuck out. Um, but that's, those are kind of my, my notes. Did I hit on the one that you, you thought I would? Um, no, it's all right. Cause I think, I don't know if we should save this. I'm just going to do it now. I know how to sure. fix this episode a thousand percent. I can rewrite this episode before we start bitching about it, because I know we're about to get into bitching. I can fix we and are. rewrite this episode, right? It's super sure. fucking easy. Peggy shoots Mrs. Wakefield with Buck scatter gu- Italian scatter gun when she's in the house. Texas has that, like, trespasser law. <laughs> Peggy's already killed two people in the show. Add a third fucking body to Peggy. Now nah, we're good. That's how you end this goddamn episode. Now it's a spree. And then everybody's happy, and then fucking Miss Wakefield gets what hurt she wants, and then Peggy gets to satiate her bloodlust once again, and... We're all scot-free. We already know every single cop in Arlen is an idiot. They're all dumb as hell. Like, they're not gonna they're not gonna press it. Like, this crazy woman was coming at us, and at the end of the day, it is uh, a woman with a traumatic brain injury shot a crazy old woman. That's that. Call it good. That's a Tuesday in Texas on Rainy Street. Book them. Like, that's it. That's how you <laughs> fix this fucking episode. All right. I'm done. I'm sorry. I was I got angry. No, you're good. <laughs> I understandably so. Um I'm trying to hold back some of the venom in my voice so that I don't detract our, our lovely listeners here from what is arguably my most hated episode of this whole series. Dude, uh, you Mark, and I are you want never to... good at poker face. It's okay. No. Literally, we have started episodes with my first note is, yay, it's this one, Blue Flame, and then we're just upbeat idiots the entire time. We don't have a poker it's face. True. Like, I'm trying to be objective. It's... Like I, I already know where I am, but I wrote these without talking to you, so like... At least we can't color each other's commentary. You know what I mean? That's that is a big bonus. I mean, you did post the the concept of watching this one together today, and I very tactically didn't respond because I went, I can't watch this with you because that's just going to turn this into a shit show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I um, I really got to thinking about that. I was like, I am really glad that he did not answer me because <laughs> too much. I, I don't want you to. I don't want you to take it personally. I just, I'm thinking of our listeners here. You and I can hate watch this the next time I'm down there. We can start throwing sh- You got an old TV we can just destroy when we're watching this. It'd be great. You know I do, buddy. Um, you know I do. <laughs> Mark, give me some of your pros, man. Some I know you got pro- a couple. Some of my pros, shit. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, number one, Peggy in this episode. Once again, I am really enjoying my Peggy. Um, 
Peggy kills she the tree. She is great. Good job, Bobby. That's great. She is great this episode. She's so good. Like, um, the bit where Hank, where she's like, you know, she's passed out on the couch and Hank is like, she's been asleep for an hour, Mrs. Wakefield. And then Peggy just like claps her hands in her face. <laughs> um, her almost Wake murdering up. ladybird. That's amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Yeah, I was really all about Peggy this episode. It also, like, this kind of made me feel like they were trying to switch the roles of Hank and Peggy. Where, like, Peggy will just make a dumb choice and everybody's got to yep. live with it. Well, Hank made the dumb choice this week, like, against the wishes of everybody else. Like, Hank is just an idiot, you know? Yeah. This is a very Peggy episode for Hank to be Peggying in, I guess if that makes sense. Um... All the costume changes. All the costume changes, man. I just... There's oh, a wardrobe in this. Tons. And, like, I appreciate the hills almost have, like, a set color palette. Like, Luann will typically be in pink. Unless she's wearing, like, the yeah. weird red short pants. Or, or shrinky pants. But, like, Luann is always pink. Hank will ground towards green, it seems like. Versus green Peggy or, and Bobby or like are brown. usually, like, hanging out in black or red territory. I just love it. I love all... I love, um... Boomhauer's uh, button-up Henley thing going on. Like, I'm kind of bummed out we didn't get a reappearance of the Dale Ski Mask. It would have been even funnier, like, (gasps) him just sitting there, like, in, you know, 48-degree weather in the ski mask. His balaclava. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. It's The costume changes in this were amazing, and it made me happy. Um, Pro, the post-pantsing scene at the mall. We get it when (laughs) the hills are at the mall. Bobby's on the phone. Julie's gonna pant Santa, and then it cuts to the mall, and there's Santa Claus pulling up his pants and Dooley being led away by the co- by the uh, Rena cops. Like, yep, um, that is the perfect way to do it. That is the perfect use of Dooley. We have the menace of Dooley, but we don't have him going like ho 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 and pulling down the pants. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's a good way to do it. Like, I do, I am oh, getting yeah. to the point where I'm bitching about the use of Dooley lately. Great use of Dooley, guys. Well done. Hell, maybe J.B. Cook knows the best Dooley. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe. um, Bobby's mirror scream when they're going through, when they're clearing the house, opens the closet, screams. It's his reflection. And then he goes, don't tell dad. This isn't Bobby squealing. This isn't his, like, you know, what we were bitching about last season, like with um, living on reds with his squeal or uh, any of them. This isn't that Bobby squeal. This is... Bobby genuinely being afraid and falling for probably one of the better jump scares in, you know, horror movies. Like, oh shit, it's something. No, it's a cat. No, it's yeah. a ladybird. No, it's a fat kid in a mirror in a closet. Like, I really <laughs> like that. But then his, like, don't tell dad. Like, he knows, he knows how embarrassing that was. And he's like, oh God, don't, don't tell dad I screamed. Um, right. I was gen, again, I already called it out. I will call it again. I was genuinely upset by the closet scene. Like, it got to like that. I don't know what it is that like, cause I, I don't remember this episode as well as I thought I did. I remember it pretty damn well, but like, um, I genuinely, I thought it was Hank looked into the closet and he saw Mrs. Wakefield looking back at him and my brain was ready for that. And then when it didn't happen, it messed me up. And then it's like the shoes. And then he like sees her and it's just, it's all, it's just so, so good. Like <laughs> this is, this is horror, man. This is like, solid horror work in a fucking animation domination show on Fox has no business being there. This makes Treehouse of horror look amateurish at best. Like this is how you do it guys. Ooh. Um, give me your pros, buddy. 
I well, the first my first pro here is I now know what I'm going to get you for Christmas, but you're gonna have to keep it in the think hole, and you're gonna have to put a lock outside the door so your lady is, doesn't stare at it the entire time. Because Dale gave me the idea of doing a nude painting in repose. It's gonna be tasteful, yet you're gonna see everything. Is it you or Dale nude in repose? Oh, it's gonna be me. It's gonna okay, be cool. me. That's why you have to lock the door. Uh, <laughs> Can we? Um, Okay, I know we've, like, thrown around the idea of, like, paying a wedding photographer to just fuck around for one of our outings and take pictures uh-huh. of us. Better idea, we're commissioning two nude portraits and the other one will have the other one. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I need you to see my, like, <laughs> brown eye just winking at you. First <laughs> thing when you walk through the rusty door. Rusty sheriff's badge. Oh, my There goodness. it is. Mark oh. Jones's butthole. <laughs> R.I.P. Anne Heche. Um, oh yeah, she did die. Oh, yep, she died. That's right. <laughs> I yeah, I bet you they retired that bit on Babylon. I haven't listened for years. Um, <laughs> next pro here, I think it's a pro that. <laughs> are you all right there, bud? Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, I think it's a huge it's a huge plus to me, and it tells me so much about Hank that he is willing to wear antlers with Peggy and Bobby to go and harvest a tree. That tells me that 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 action, like going and picking out a tree for the Christmas season, means an awful lot to him if he's willing to make himself look like a jackass. Absolutely, <laughs> um, yeah. I I don't know if you noticed this, but I have another one of those. Hey, if I could get this in in a, a cell form, I would absolutely buy this cell just to have at my house. Uh, the reaction that Hank has got when Bobby is telling Miss Wakefield about how he and Ladybird were dressed <laughs> up in underwear trying to be yep. Calvin Klein models, and Hank just looks at him and he's got like an eye twitch. I the way I have it on here is that it's you can almost see his forehead vein again. Uh huh. <laughs> like this is that's a huge pro because yeah, Peggy's not gonna give two shits. She's gonna think it's funny and adorable and charming because that's her little miracle child and everything he does is great. And Hank is just thinking to himself, oh dear God, that boy ain't right and this is a fucking stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, Um, it's great. And you, you already called this out, but my last pro is something that I have never noticed until this rewatch of of this episode. And it's that Dooley actually follows through and pants his Santa. Mm-hmm. I have never noticed him actually doing that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing that happened. Like, I had to rewind my Hulu because I was like, "What is what is going on in the background there?" Because I can hear Santa like under his breath. They intentionally don't make his audio very loud, but he's like, "I can't believe you did that, you little mm-hmm. shit!" And then it, like fades it out because he's calling him a little shit or something. That is you, like you said, it is perfect use of Dooley. You cannot you overutilize him when just something like that will do. All you have to see is the consequence of him just going, "Oh, yep, you're getting busted for pantsing Santa Claus." <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good, so it's good. Great. Um, give me some cons, and keep in mind I've got cons too, so we can't make this episode last three hours. <laughs> we'll keep it short. <laughs> um, that sliding door was not locked, idiots. Yeah, you think they, he would be smarter they about bust that? Bust back in the through. Area. She just breaks right through the door. Like I don't care. Whatever. Hey, I guess there's no screens on the door either. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Peggy's feet in the garage. Those are not Peggy's sixteeners. Those 
Those no. are normal human-sized feet. They make a point to show her stepping into the garage, animate the goddamn... We are so close. We're already doing it. I've already been calling it out where they're, like, getting needlessly cruel to Peggy. Why not? Why not put that bit in here? Sure. Sure. You know what? Take a little bit more power from her in this situation. Hey, there's a crazy old bitch in your garage and she's gonna, like, breathe Metamucil breath on you? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Pitted you know what? what what's, more, what's more scary about that? Also being taken down a peg because America's laughing at your colossal feet. Come on, guys. We know better. Animate this better. Like, season nine. This And it's a running joke. Like, Peggy should have goddamn monsters. And she doesn't. Okay, I'm done. Um, Old women. Ugh. <laughs> just, I hate old women, John. You know this. Listeners, you know this. I just... I hate every single one that's not named my grandma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank God that Yaya has passed, because I know that she will never be a horrible, old, bitchy Greek woman. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Hey, my grandma's 96, and she can be an asshole sometimes, but for the most part, she's about the sweetest little Catholic woman you're ever going to meet. <laughs> They're too damn cute. I fucking love my grandma. I know you do. Is that the, is she doing better? Is that the one that was having problems? Is she better? Uh, she is doing better. I think she's going in for surgery in a couple weeks to get a, a, a mass removed. But, oh wow! Yeah, dude, she's dude, she's trucking along. Like Good. I took her to the store the other day, and she was very excited because she got to use her little handicap thing. She's like, "Ooh, I'm with you, so you can use this. You can park right up front." I'm like, "Fucking <laughs> adorable, Grandma! Thank you." It's oh, awesome. Um, sorry. Anyway, fuck old ladies. I hate them all. Um, <laughs> yes, all of them that are not my grandma. They can go fuck off. Put them all on a ship and run it out the middle of the ocean and sink the son of a bitch. Um, the B plot. I don't like the B plot. It is. It starts out so well, right? Um, it, it starts out with like the best intentions, um, and then it just breaks down. And yeah, it's just stupid. Dale isn't this dumb, and so like that's why I made a point to to, to really kind of drive home this JB Cook bit. Dale Tech and Megalo Dale and Soldier of Misfortune are amazing Dale episodes. Oh, Not yeah. amazing. You know. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna say amazing. No, they I are. really like Megalo really Dale. Good. And Soldier Misfortune, they are really solid episodes, and they're really good Dale episodes. So this man knows how to use Dale, and he just doesn't. He just makes him this stupid, like, it's just bad. It's just bad Dale. Like, but he even feels like a to... used car salesman. Yes. Yes, and it's just, he's not this dumb. This is like, um, this is a queasy rider dumb, where he's like trying to find the treasure map from the couple's therapist. This is that lovely yeah. Dale dumb, and I hate it, man. It's just bad Dale. Um, yeah, I just... The, the B-plot is dumb, and then you were already saying it. There's zero resolution. We're just padding for time, because how much can you see, like, reverse elder abuse? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just... And I understand. you got to break up this A-plot, because this A-plot is heavy, and... I don't know... Oh, hey, I got one more pro. I apologize. No, wait, I don't yeah, have a pro. Yeah. That's my favorite moment. Never mind. Let, keep going. Sorry. Um, <laughs> those are my cons. I, Again, I'm not trying to just sit up here and bitch about it because there was a lot of this that I was kind of okay with. So, like, I'm impressed by how much of this episode I didn't hate. But that's also not okay. to say, like, if you mix, you know, one pound of shit in with five pounds of ice cream, that you ain't got six pounds of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to jump into my cons 
And I want to address a question you kind of posed to me earlier. And it's, is this a good King of the Hill episode? Yes. And I'm going to say no. Okay. This is not a good King of the Hill episode. Now, I like your the way that you brought this around and saying, hey, they 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 tend to have the most memorable and most like interesting concepts when they're taking something that should be really almost taboo or should be out of bounds for comedy and turning it and twisting it into being funny. I always think of the pilot when we talk about that of, hey, um, spousal abuse and child abuse should never be funny. And yet they make it very funny in this because it's it's a comedy of errors. This mm-hmm. concept, the, the the idea that somebody wants to come into your home and die there because they used to live there and they've got all the, the memories. Cool. I I get I get what they're trying to do here. I understand where Ms. Wakefield is. If someone came knocking on my mom's front door right now and said, hey, we my family lived here in the 1930s or 40s or or wherever the fuck it was. Um we want to come in and look around at what's, you know, what you've done with the place. We're kind of curious to see if anything's the same. Yada, yada, all that sort of bullshit. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I could totally understand that from a, hey, you this is your heritage. This is where you're, you built your family. I get that. The second they say, oh, by the way, I want to die here. You're getting your ass kicked out. And I, if I see you again, I'm calling the police. If, I, if, I, if you're even anywhere outside. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is no longer your home. This is my home and mm-hmm. it's going to say something about my family if you die here. Mm-hmm. So I I think that the concept of this episode is insanely creepy. Nobody owes anybody that type of ending. And I'm, if you want to end your life in your childhood home, then either f- like figure out a way to sneak your ass in or don't let your childhood home go away. <laughs> Why do you want you know? to die in your childhood home? I don't know. I guess I don't have a childhood home, so it doesn't mean anything yeah. to me. But, like, just that concept is kind of cringy to me. Like, why would you? Yeah. I don't know. Um, But so they, they make a very strong case for Ms. Wakefield going, hey, I was here. My sister died here. We spent our best days of our lives here. I planted that tree, yada, yada, yada. And they make it all really beautiful and really respectful at to mm-hmm. a point. And I was okay with her even asking to die in the house. Up until she starts acting like a fucking two-year-old. Yeah. When Hank says, no, I'm not okay with this. And she just refuses to accept it. Refuses to say, okay, well, I guess this is your house. You do pay the mortgage. Um, You know, you went through the whole thing of maintaining and keeping up this ranch-style rambler. So, okay. (laughs) No, like, she's a fucking child about it. She literally goes and hides behind a tree or tries to go into the, the, the bathroom and lock herself in, like... No, now that you're acting like a child, it makes me even like you even less. And mm-hmm. you didn't have a, a very strong footing to begin with. Um, but my biggest bitch with this issue and my biggest con with or with this episode, my biggest con with everything that's going mm-hmm. on here. It's not Miss Wakefield wanting to die in his house. And it's not Hank's reaction to her wanting to die in his house. It is everyone else on the block that Hank calls out and says, if she was trying to do this here in your home, you would have the same reaction. And they all just look at him and go, well, that sucks because she's doing it at your house and you're a piece of shit and a fucking monster for doing this. Yeah. And it's not once in this episode. It's like three times. 
He has to kick her out like three separate times and everybody just keeps giving him the shit stink eye. Like, how dare you? What's wrong with you? No, no, no. He gets that whole speech from John Redcorn about an elder wants to die in your home and that's very respectful. No, 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 no. No, fuck off. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. Hank's home. His kid is yeah. going to be there for at least another five years and, and he's planning on giving the home to Bobby. We found that out during the Parade of Homes episode. Like, mm-hmm. No, but the <laughs> fact that every single one of his best friends that he's known for years has just decided, well, Hank made this one choice and now we're basically just going to shun him for it and make him feel like the biggest piece of shit in the world. No, not okay. Mm-hmm. The only people that don't do that to him are the ones that also have to live in the fucking home because Peggy's in his corner and Bobby's in his corner and to mm-hmm. a point Luann is in his corner, but it's like, God <sighs> yeah. damn. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I am now like I'm almost out of out of saliva here. I've just diatribed for a good ten solid minutes on my cons for this episode. No, no. That no. is why I, <laughs> I I hate this because none of his friends would do that. In nine yeah, seasons, none of them would they- they kind of do. They are really good at throwing Hank under the bus for nothing. We just saw an um opera Hank Le Deluge. Like everybody automatically assumes that Hank Hank gets put into like prison like yeah I, you know i i agree with you but at the same time too like oh who was it oscar our listener oscar pointed out like in in that one he was like hey man y'all didn't talk about like how shitty everybody is to hank and like right in that one i think we kind of just took it as granted because like yeah i had a tough decision to make whatever but this one they're like actively shitty towards him for a very bad thing you know and it's yeah. I, I know you know. I think I'm just kind of bouncing back at you. I, Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if I can, if I can just say the entire A-plot is my con for this episode, that's what I'm going to say. Um, Even though it the, gave us duly pantsing Santa. It, that doesn't save it, which is very sad because that, that says something. Because that, that is an A-tier pantsing, I would say. <laughs> Um, save Christmas. <laughs> uh, we got to get to favorite moments, man, because I can't, I can't ruminate on the cons, and I actually surprisingly have two favorite moments here. What you got? Uh, so first off, it's Bill acknowledging his own death. That shouldn't be a favorite moment, but him just going, "Yep, I'm probably gonna die in my bathroom, and I'm gonna be wedged behind the door, so they're not gonna, paramedics aren't gonna be able to get to me." I love how <laughs> dark exactly it is how and how okay, gonna die. Exa- I love how at peace Bill is with that, like. Oh, no, this is yeah, this is how I'm going to die. I'm going to eat myself to death and have a heart attack in the bathroom and they're not going to be able to get in to revive me and I'm going to be long dead by the time they can actually get in. Like, but you know what's cool? Bill, He's not talking about killing himself. Bill is growing. Nope, but he knows he knows how it is. He knows how it's going to end and he is he has made peace with that and that says something to me. Mm-hmm. Um but even I, what I liked even more than that was the entire interaction of Peggy and Ladybird in the garage. <laughs> yes. Yes. That whole scene is my favorite moment. And it's it all the way down to her, like, g- getting Ladybird all riled up. And they've animated Ladybird doing all this stupid shit. Her ears are flying everywhere. She's, like, sniffing the ball. She's getting all excited and hyped up. And then Peggy's just like, no, no, you stupid idiot. Go, find the old lady. Not, I'm not playing fetch with you right now. <laughs> yep. And it's a favorite moment because that's exactly how my dog is. Like, if I tried to tell him to actually go and do something, he'd just look at me like a giant fucking idiot. And go, no, but we're playing now, right? No. 
but it, can, can I like side pro on that? I love yes. how bad of a tracker Ladybird is. Like <laughs> they have made hey. this a premise or like a plot point to use Ladybird as like her intended model and make should be used. <laughs> and like right? she's just bad at it. Like I, I love that. I'm so glad well, she's not like a crack tracking dog. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, well you know her. What is it? Her daddy or her granddaddy chap, tracked down James Earl Ray, so therefore she has to be great at it. But n- n- she can't track down Doggy. She can't track down uh, Bobby, Bandit. She, she, she can't the, track she down. She smells Bobby. the uh, fruit pie and walks around the block for about <laughs> ten minutes. And yeah, yep. And she sure as hell can't find Miss Wakefield. Yeah, Ladybird's fucking yeah. useless. And this She's is great terrible. to me. Yeah. I also this might be like the night like the most most interaction I've ever seen Peggy have with her. Yes. That was pseudo positive. I just yes. love her. Ooh, I almost rang your bell, little girl. Like, I I could definitely, I've definitely said that to my cats when they get underfoot before. Like, oh. watch your ass. I don't want to hurt you. But yeah. if you are continuing to wind around my ankles, then don't be sad when I step on your tail. <laughs> Usually like it's that. only one. The other one knows better. Oh. Um, Favorite moments, Mark. Favorite moments, I got a couple. Um, closet scene, I already beat that one to death. Um, I like that um, Redcorn showed up because Bill was a secret Santa. And that, Bill that always awesome. goes, I like the reveal that Bill goes all out on gifts because why wouldn't he? Like, goddamn yeah. right. Yeah, you, like, you know. Biggest heart in the alley. Yes, exactly. And I just, I love that. And like... I, I really like that bit. I don't know why it made me so happy, but it was like, oh, it's so cute. Like, I don't know. Um, um, I think that's it. I don't know. Favorite moment? <laughs> or, I mean, was, I already, not, I, yeah, not, those not, were not my favorite two. Moment. I guess like any other takeaway, I'm sorry, any other, t- I'm trying to wrap my head around this because I still don't, I gave it a rating, but I don't know if I stand by my rating. Interesting. I stand and by I'm mine. Just, I don't know. You want to break down the system for us? Yeah, yeah. So at the bottom of our rating system, we have a charcoal. A charcoal episode is one that is an absolute failure. Um, it doesn't it doesn't represent King of the Hill very well. It is not very watchable. You might see it one time and go, oh, wow, well, that was kind of shit. How did it get mixed in with this? Um, charcoal is just, it's awful. It's going to leave filth underneath your fingernails. Just a step up from that is Megalo, and Megalo is kind of our, like, bronze tier. A Megalo episode is also not very good. It's slightly better, but you're definitely not seeking a Megalo episode out. Um, It might have, like, one or two memorable lines, if that. And a Megalo episode is is just... eh. I mean, what's what's better than a turd? A shiny turd, I guess? That's a Megalo? Yeah. After that, you got your butane. That's kind of our silver level. A butane is a, it's a bastard guess. So it's a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it. You hate to love it. Um, the, the butane is it's a watchable episode of King of the Hill, but you're not going to be all that invested in it for the most part. It might have a good guest star, but the story might be lacking. Um, the story could be okay, randomly kind of decent, but then all of a sudden you're going to get Henry Winkler thrown into it for no fucking reason. <laughs> butane episodes. You're still there are mad at Henry Winkler. You are still I upset never, at this man. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never gonna forgive Henry Winkler. Okay, you, Henry Winkler, you, you didn't hear it that. here first. Dangle Podcast is coming after you, homie. I'm sorry. 
I'd, you need to stay the fuck away from King of the Hill is what it is. I like you in just about everything else. Just stay away from my shit. <laughs> uh, a butane is our gold standard here. That's the Char King. A Char King episode is everything you want in a King of the Hill episode. You're getting propane. You're getting Dale antics and and all sorts of like conspiracy theories. You're going to get Peggy being brain damaged. You're going to get Bobby being adorable and fun. You're going to get a good Hank episode. Like... A Char King is everything that embodies these characters. It's going to have a fun guest star. It's going to have a really cool like plot or a, some sort of twist on a, a, a typical sitcom trope that you, you haven't really seen too often anymore. If Mark and I both agree that an episode is a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. It's about the best episode of King of Hill that you can get. You just need a little bit of context behind it. Our go-to episode for Imperial is Megalo... Not Megalodale. It's Dale Tech. Mm-hmm. You can love Dale Tech for what it is. It's a fan-fucking-tastic King of the Hill episode. But if you don't know about Dale Gribble, it's just not going to hit quite the same. So you need to watch a couple of Dale episodes before to fully appreciate it. Now, the one step higher than our Char King. It's our platinum-tier S-rank best episodes of all time. These are our Blue Flames of Valor. These are episodes like A Firefight and We Will Go that you you can go and show to your mother and say, Hey... I love this show. You need to love this show with me. If you only ever watch three episodes of this in your entire life, are there going to be these three episodes? So with that said, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what did you give Ms. Wakefield? Uh, I don't know. I gave it a butane. I'm going to stick with butane. Wow. That was my initial reaction to it was butane. And here I wrote a paragraph. You ready? Um, it's not as yeah. bad as I recall, but it's pretty goddamn hard to watch. But it's a pretty man compared to all the other King of the Hill Christmas episodes. This one is up there, man. Like it is very pretty. This one is no, no, no. I mean, like this one is up there in terms of like this is a good King of the Hill Christmas episode. Like it, it, it you know what? It really just in, kind of encompasses that like spirit of the holiday season of you know you don't want to be here, you don't want to do it, you're sick of these old folks. Why the hell are they still alive? Oh, why are they talking to me? Why can't they just go away? Oh, it's all about survival, and literally it's a horror story the whole time you're there, and all of a sudden it's over. And so was this episode. Um, Yeah, no, it's best Christmas episode anything ever made, I think, maybe if we're looking at it from that angle. Um, But I also feel like J.B. Cook really porked it on Dale. Um, Again, Megalo Dale, Soldier of Misfortune. Some of our favorite episodes. And I honestly think that J.B. Cook was foisted by his own gribtard. I wrote that yeah. for you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for You're that. Welcome. I just, it's a butane. What do you got? Um, so this, this episode is, it's a fine thriller episode of a sitcom. Um, but it's, does not fit the King of the Hill mold. Um, I gave it a charcoal. That's not going to be a surprise to you. Not at all. Yeah. Not even a little bit. This is arguably my most hated episode of this entire series. And there's like over 200 episodes. So that says a lot. Um, The way I justify this being a charcoal is if I'm playing a game online, like Overwatch or Dead by Daylight, I am not Mm -hmm. usually the best when I get tilted and pissed off at leaving. Uh, I am not the best at turning off a really stupid movie when it stops being good. So see see my, myself in like maybe two or three weeks now that you've got me kind of interested when i start watching all of the tremors movies i'm probably going to get to like five or six and i'm going to know that i should turn it off but i'm not going to turn it off 
nope, they're all amazing. They're all great. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I, I, I'm not good about walking away when I need to. I'm not good about turning things off when I need to. But I will okay. be damned if I ever watch this fucking episode again. Wow. Wow. I will never watch this episode again. This was it. This was the one and last time I will ever watch this episode. Holy because shit. I am wow. done. I am done with it. And I hate the way it's, it all boils down to how our main character is treated by his family, his friends and everybody else in the alley when they should fucking know better. Wow. Okay, cool. So it's a charcoal. I am never watching this fucking episode again. It's great. No, I love it. It's great. I love the hate. Let it flow through you. Um, I'm feeding off I am, of it. No, it's, I am very astounded that you gave it a butane and not, I not am, that you're wrong, yeah. But I'm like, this This honestly, it gives me a glimmer of hope for what the next couple of seasons are going to be. Because if you can find the fucking pearls in this gigantic turd of an episode and make it a butane in your eyes, that I have, I am so in for whatever the hell else we've got to watch. Maybe it's Hangover from what I watched um, this week for I Can't Wait to Show My Kids. That'll be dropping on it could Monday. Be. Maybe that's what my problem is. Maybe I'm just looking at the world as not everything is terrible all the time. Always. I don't, I, dude, I don't know. I, it's true. I, it's just, no, I, I, and I still, even knowing how you feel about listeners, you know what? Come at me sideways on this. I know how much everybody on the goddamn internet hates this episode. Come at me sideways. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me I am being a giblet head about this. I just, I don't know. I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think you're being an idiot or a giblet head. Uh, the way I the way I phrased our rating system was that this is still watchable. You're not going to yeah, seek it out, but yeah. it's still watchable. And for you, it still is. For me, I know that it's going to going to do nothing but piss me off the whole time. So I have to make it a, a charcoal that I'll never watch again. No, I understand. I just, I, as again and again too. I, I I am trying to go through these. Some of these I don't remember. I just straight up do not remember them. Like and especially ones like these. You and I living together all those years. There were some episodes that we definitely did not watch. I know that you and I have never watched this one together. So, like... No, we never have. With that context given, like, I'm trying to look at all this shit with fresh eyes. And, like, obviously, I will never be able to look at a firefighting we will go with, like, fresh, bright, non-beautiful, rose-tinted <laughs> colored glasses. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I don't remember this one. Maybe go into it and not be so, like... I'm trying to not be shitty, but it's it's weird. I know that everybody hates Goodbye Normal Jeans. I love Goodbye Normal Jeans. That I know was his, that, that was nice, yeah. Yeah, I know that everyone hates Pygmalion. God damn it, didn't I love Pygmalion? So like, maybe my taste is just different. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I can I can tell you though with no ego that I'm not just saying these things to be like a contrarian shithead. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not sure. showing up to this like Mrs. Wakefield is a blue flame of valor and you lack the vision to appreciate it. Like that's not it. Like I'm not. It's right. not that. It'll never be that. But man, this is the solid Christmas episode of King of the Hill, and it is a pretty passable thriller episode. I again. I have not been made so uncomfortable by a scene as that goddamn closet scene in a long time. Like, yeah. so I don't know. Uh, we got to move on. We've been talking, we've been talking about an episode that we don't even like for about an hour now. That's impressive. It's, it's true. I, before we move on though, I do think I, I, I want to make it a point because you, you brought this up and it just triggered something in my brain. Um, 
you and I, we're rating these for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like with each other in our own context, I don't ever want any of you listeners out there to think that we're trying to tell you how to think. You, this may be your favorite episode of all time. And just because I hate it doesn't mean I hate you. That's definitely not the case. Yeah. Uh, but this yeah. is this is just how I'm I'm viewing this. It's my two cents, and I'm trying to explain why I have such a problem with it. Um, starting a dialogue here. If any of you guys want to talk with me about why Ms. Wakefield is not a charcoal episode, I will absolutely entertain that. I, I just like I, if you ever want to talk to Mark about an episode that he absolutely abhors, he'll talk with you about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nominating you, buddy. It's cool. Uh- <laughs> if you want to give $10 to our new upcoming Patreon to watch an episode with us, like, together, we'll just talk about it. We'll just call you on Discord. We will watch it together. It can be all three of us. It can be whatever. I don't care. Let us know that Hot way, too. <laughs> Would you pay money to watch King of the Hill with Colorado's <laughs> number one King of the Hill podcast? Right, right. But uh, guys, appreciate your own opinions here. Don't let what we're saying color them if you if you feel strongly one way. Um, fuck, dude. That's what art is. It's passion. This is our passion. You can have your passion, and it doesn't always have to ma- mash up. But with that passion. being said, Mark, I do think we need <laughs> passion. <laughs> I think we do need to move on to our next episode. <laughs> Let's do it, buddy. So this episode is 174, Death Buys a Timeshare. So like I said, it's we had like a month break between episodes here because this premiered on January 16th, 2005. Good Lord. Um, yeah, yeah. So I we'll, we'll have to look and see what our next couple of ones are, like if they continued on this. this hey, let's take three, four weeks off in between. Um, I, if that's the case, I have no idea how they got all of this season out. But yeah. Uh, this episode was written by Eden Cohen. Mark, what was the last? When was the last time we saw Eden Cohen? Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't care what he wrote for King of the Hill. He wrote probably one of my top ten favorite movies, and just for that, I will love the man until I die. There. Um, but to that end, I can also. See, I didn't well, even I, bother I to like pull it up because I was like, it's eating fucking Cole and we love him, but I should... It, no, no, we absolutely... No, we absolutely do. I very much remember... I, I was re-listening to one of our back back episodes uh, not too long ago, and he was the writer, and I just remember you and I gushing over over the episode, so I assume that that's his doing. I don't know if it's Eaton or Aton. I don't know if I'm mispronouncing this man's name wrong, and I really hope I'm not, but... Well, yeah, I mean... It is what it is. There's there's like four different people in here that we we may or may not be pronouncing their names wrong. Collier is one of them. You might remember Eaton Cohen from such episodes. At, wow. Wow, I really should be writing this shit down because I will be surprised to tell you that he wrote Cece Nespa Un King of the Hill, which, yes, we did love. But he also wrote yep. Rich Hank, Poor Hank, and Vision <laughs> Quest, and then... Returning Japanese, Beer and Loathing, The Substitute Spanish Prisoner, and The Father, The Son, and The JC. So maybe we don't fucking love Eaton Cohen. I just think I like Tropic Thunder. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, I, I like a lot of that. You may not, but I like a lot of that. So maybe I was just <laughs> listening to my own my own self-gushing here. It's not bad, but it's not... I don't know. It's We hated Rich Hank, poor Hank. Like... <laughs> no, we were you so hated mad. Rich Hank, poor Hank. You hated you hated it too. Search your feelings. Um, I think I think I gave it a butane. I think we both. I think we gave that a double charcoal, didn't we? Oh no, we've never double charcoal. To the sheet. I was expecting. 
<laughs> I was expecting Ms. Wakefield to be our first one, and you kind of blew that out of the water. Oh, you gave it a butane, I gave it a charcoal, so there it goes. Okay, yeah, yeah. see? Good. Oh, also, um, real quick, anyway. I got an update to my uh, gin and tonic. I'm all out of tonic water, so instead I'm drinking a gin and a little bit of uh, O'Kelly's pee. Oh, I'm sorry, ginger beer. Oh, O'Kelly's pee. Yes, I see. I see. Yes. Well, you're not you're not part of the uh, what is it? The El Capitan. So you you don't get you don't get O'Kelly's pee. You have to settle for whatever uh, whatever else is going to give you the the hot poops. You gotta settle uh, Mark, for I'm O'Kelly's still... pee. <laughs> R. Kelly's pee. It's going to give you the hot poops. Uh, I'm still drinking chartreuse. I definitely refilled this, and oh, by the end of this recording, I think I'll probably have about four to five shots in me. Oh boy. Uh, we should talk about this episode, right? We really should. Our cast of characters for this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Bill Dotrieve, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer. We have a return of Cotton Hill. Ladybird, uh, and then our people down in Mexico, Rich Bowen, O'Kelly, Wendy, Mitch, Jim, the guards of El Presidente, and a mention of our good friend Toppington, Topsy. R.I.P. King. R.I.P., you crazy old bastard. Mark our synopsis. Hank, Bill, and Cotton go to Mexico, and we see a rare pal around with Peggy and Dale in search of a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Our A-story characters here, Hank, Bill, Cotton. B-story characters, Peggy, Bobby, Dale. This might be the first time we've seen an A-story with Hank and Bill that has a third person that's not another person from the alley. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah, unless you want to count, like, Nut Before Christmas or something with Wally, but I don't... Uh, I mean, maybe, I, but I, I don't know. Maybe not. Like, cause I understand what you're saying. Like this is, this yeah. is a new shakeup. This is, this is Hank and this is Cotton and Bill palling around. You know, it isn't, this yeah, is a totally it's, new dynamic. It's, it's Hank and Bill with somebody that's not a one-off character like Wally. Yeah. You know, Cotton is, yeah. Cotton has been very much established and he, like we're used to seeing him pal around with Dale. And I honestly never thought that we were going to see, like the first, my first time watching through this, I never thought that Cotton was ever going to hook up with Bill because Cotton is the exact opposite of Bill. And so Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Um, Shit, I don't even know. I also didn't think I was going to see him ever threaten Boomhauer with a a car on top of him, but we saw that (laughs) a couple weeks ago. We did. We did indeed, so... (laughs) Yeah, uh, so give me give me some notes, man. Um, number one, O'Kelly's and gin. O'Kelly's piss and gin is not bad at all. Number two, um, season nine, episode three. Buckley is still picking up Luann in the intro credits. I'm just okay. So like, we've made a point to reanimate, or we didn't. They made a point to reanimate the opening scene. It's prettier than it was. Like, go back and watch this yeah. week versus anything in season one. Right? It's prettier. But Buckley still picks up Luann on the motorcycle. I just, I don't know. It, it just, and now I'm watching it. Now I'm waiting to see if Buckley, ha, does Buckley appear in every single episode of King of the Hill? Who's I mean, tec- if, the, if he's in the credits, then maybe. That's what I'm saying, man. Um, Just like the herpes he gave Luann, he's never going away. Um, how the fuck is it summer, John? It was just Christmas, and now it's got to be like August in Arlen. <laughs> but, but, is it but, hot enough for you, Mark? <coughs> Stop saying that. We just saw in Hank's back. It it's Indian summer. It's it. it oh, I don't care. I just we're jumping. We're just 
it used to be the timeline was a little more grounded. And now it's just not. And maybe this is one of those things. Maybe this is like Keystone King of the Hill versus like Toadash King of the. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Mark, um, it's Indian summer. I hate you. I hate you for that. You're welcome. Um, so okay, so Didi's just gone. Didi's just out. Gh is gone. Didi is gone. That's what That's, it feels like. Yeah, that's just... Because you know who could have really used Topsy's $10,000? Probably Fucking child baby. and wife. <laughs> um, I don't know, because yeah. what? Dale Tech, he just showed up. She's gone! So, and then he you know, kind of just like fades off into his note of wherever she's gone to. Um, yep, something. Most of Autumn. That's it. Didi's out. Um, we have a callback in this episode to, what's it called? Tanking it to the streets. Okay. Yeah. Um, we get to see the full effect of Operation Infinite Walrus manifesting in Bill. Because Bill (laughs) is goddamn graceful in that pool. There's a bit when, um, what's his name? Rich goes, why don't you get us some chips and salsa? And he, uh, he, like, does the salute or whatever, does the backflip off the bar stool, and then just elegantly swims. I, like, rewound Bill's swimming animation. Like... Yeah, his backstroke there? Yes. And then it occurs to me, where the hell did Fatty learn to swim? I'm also going to call him Fatty for the rest of this episode. I hope you're cool with that. Where did Fatty no, learn I'm, how I'm to okay swim? i that. Because, goddamn, man, like, you can't swim in the Louisiana Bayou. A gator will get you. Like... I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, he is, Bill is such an amazing swimmer, and it honestly made me stop and go, whoa, what the fuck? Wait a minute, that's right. Infinite Walrus, we're just establishing continuity, but it's summer and it was just Christmas. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> Bill is dead as shit when they throw him over the fence. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they killed that man. Like, that man is dead. <laughs> I'm just, I want to call him MacGuffin this episode. You can call him Fatty. I'm just going to call him MacGuffin because without Bill, none of this episode works. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, not at all. Like you, Bill is like intrinsic to this plot. Like finally, this is episode three of season nine. Let's just take a minute here and look back at what we've discussed already in this season. That's right. Mrs. Wakefield, which was about death. And then a rover runs through it, which was about the death of, you know, the cattle industry. Lose on the farm. <laughs> My point is, boy, we're getting dark in season nine. Yeah. Second episode in a week, just talking about death, like, and yeah, cotton is all, is always kind of like tangential to death, but like, Man, it's it's the little bits. Like, he's got that bit about, like, I've outlived all my friends, makes a man feel invincible. Like, shit, that's some heavy stuff, man. Absolutely. One of, the, one of these days, Brad is going to be the last remaining member of High Hammock Studio when Streeter has a, like, aneurysm from too much Greek and I die from having a heart attack while taking a shit and you grow a new gallbladder and it explodes. Like, yeah, Oh, yeah. You get a cloned gallbladder, yeah, we all know, that's we what all... it is. I said, we all know that Brad's going to outlive all of us. That's just Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, absolutely. We love you, buddy. (laughs) Um, Also, just side, it should almost be a pro, um, but it's just a note, and I wondered if you picked up on it, but I don't know. Uh, Cotton's use of classical conditioning technique on Bill. No, tell me about that. Yeah, so we're sitting there in the room, and we're bullshitting, and Cotton is eating an apple. 
And then he says something, and Bill agrees with him. Cotton whips Bill an orange. Good job, Thaddy. Here's some food. You get rewarded. Now, Bill is associating agreeing oh. with Cotton with getting food, even if it's an orange. Doesn't matter. It's food. Yeah? Yep. I just, it made me laugh. I was like, oh, shit, look at Cotton. He's training Bill. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are my notes. What you got for me, buddy? Uh, first one here. Is it hot enough for you, Mark? <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> I, I, I want to, one of these days I'm going to go through this and I'm going to count how many times they talk about how hot it is in Texas, because all the way from the beginning of the pilot with, with, with Hank saying it already gets up to 104 and if it gets one degree hotter, I'm kicking your ass. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many good weather bits with this show and Texas specifically. I'm also reminded, and we haven't seen it yet, but when Bobby and Peggy go to Arizona, yeah, and they start talking about how it's an affront to God that anybody built a city here. That's I've never heard a more truer statement about anything in my life. <laughs> so yes. I I had to I had to note that. Um, Mark, do you know how much it costs to be cremated in Texas? No clue. How much? I did a little research today, and I can tell you that the cheapest place to get a simple direct cremation. So this means you do not have a service. You do not have a casket that's burned with you. You are not picking out an urn. You're basically just getting ashes. It's essentially the cost of the the natural gas that's operating at like, uh, what? I think it's two, two and a half, maybe three hours worth mm -hmm. of a steady burn to burn a human body completely. And you have to he keep it high for three hours. Mm -hmm. $640 is the cheapest you can get. And that's in Houston. Wow, that's really good. <laughs> Yes. So That's impressive. If you're going to yeah. die and you uh, you don't want to pay for anything and you don't want to leave yourself as a gigantic financial burden, uh, I can send you a link to a place in Houston that'll burn you for 640 bucks. Um, I'm down. I, I would be down for that, but I got to ask you, um, when they are, you know, cremating my worldly remains, are they using clean burning propane? I'm pretty sure it's natural gas and not propane. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, but, but I want to uh, taste also, the mark, not the heat. I want to taste the. Oh, I don't want to taste the mark. <laughs> um, taste the meat. He's what? made a Greek. I don't know. <laughs> mark, yes. You have you have unlimited access to uh, say a five hundred foot length extension cord. Where are you going, and what are you doing there? Ooh. Hmm. That's a really good question. Right? What are you what are you going to do? Oh, I'm taking it as far out into the middle of a fucking like lake, ocean, gigantic body of water and I'm making taquitos. I'm bringing a fucking uh uh a microwave with me. <laughs> I am I am eating microwave taquitos in the middle of the fucking giant body of water. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's because I can. I like that. Um I think I'm gonna make margaritas in the middle of the street. <laughs> okay. Or like I'm gonna like panhandle, but I'm not gonna panhandle. I'm just gonna hold up a sign that says don't drink and drive, and I'm just gonna keep drinking margaritas. I'll call it performance art. I fucking love it, dude. I love it. 
I like I like that um, question, John. You know what? I'm fucking proud of us. We got two episodes about <laughs> death, and we didn't talk about, hey, John, what, what do you want to happen to you when you die? I don't know, Mark. What do you want to happen to you? I don't know. Something fucking cryptic. Nah. <laughs> I love I love this. It's great. <laughs> I I just I'm like I, I they pose that question or they they say just I have a long extension cord we could make toast in the alley and I'm like that's the stupidest fucking thing. Yeah. But what what would you do with a with an a, extension cord? What would be cooler than making toast in the alley? I also considered like bringing a TV to watch something to at a, at a Rockies game. Like okay, not actually watching the fucking game, but watching the rock like something on TV while I'm at the Rockies game. I mean, just if, like sky's you know. the limit, then like I'm gonna show up with like probably be that asshole that like plugs in like N sixty four WWF or whatever it was called and like takes it to a house show. Mm, and like SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like take it to a house show and play that and like yell at the like guys in the ring like they're the guys on the screen probably do that but <laughs> excellent i love it <laughs> um so i have a note here and it's just it's something i kind of want to point out to you originally i had it down as a con but it's not a con because i feel like it fits with his character but there is so much inconsistency with bill's money because i swear at certain yeah. points they say well bill has enough money to get to get by and to do stuff that's kind of like where he lives right He's yes. not living large, but he's he's living large enough to where he can go and buy his sand his his deluxe sandwich cookies and you know have a cookout every now and then or you know go and eat fast food do do his his bill thing it's very food related, um, but I'm thinking about times where he seems he's seemingly flush with cash like when he meets Wally and he does his whole fucking Santa gimmick and he's he's hiring little people to be um, you know his. Like his Santa minions and all this other shit. Like, hey, not just little people. He got the Arlen midget. Like, exa- exactly. So, like, he seemingly has all this money, and we know that he his family originally had money. He's got that fucking huge mansion in Louisiana. Yeah. And then there are other times where it's like he's like, oh, well, I I told Dale that I would pay him a million dollars, and he goes and looks, and he's got less than a grand in his bank account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six hundred so, bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I, I wrote it as a note. It was just kind of bugging me a little bit because Hank is so like on top of it of Bill, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. And is so in control of his, his money. But then I feel like there's other episodes that just like go off the deep end and explore like, well, shit, Bill's going to just not work for a while and burn through all of his savings because he wants to join a men's chorus. Mm-hmm. And buy like sequin jumpsuits and shit that are not cheap. I don't. It just seems very yeah. inconsistent. To no, me. it is. We talked about this a lot with like, where does Bill get his money? But then where does Bill's money go? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. It's yeah. yeah, very inconsistent. Um, and my last note here, it's a direct reference to a, a podcast mark that you cut just a few weeks ago. It's your inaugural. Uh, I can't wait to show my kids here. Do you know that there's a Huey Lewis in the News song that's in this episode? No way. Is it really? There is. Where? Um, I want to say it's while they're at the, the float up, swim up bar in the background, but I know I oh. specifically heard it. Uh, it's The Heart of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis in the News. Right on. 
Yeah. But I, I thought it would be fun to kind of tie that into the fact that you just watched Back to the Future, and there's a lot of Huey Lewis in that. Oh. See, okay, I'm dumb. I was thinking of Morris Day in the time. I don't know why. But we just watched Clerks. <laughs> we watched Clerks nah, uh, last nah, week. Nah, nah, nah. My jungle love. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Uh, yeah, no, I was Morris like, Day in the motherfucking time. That's some mad fucking shiznit. Okay, this is not Jane Silent <laughs> Clerks cast. Um, no, it's not. No, I thought that's what you were going with. And then I was like, wait, that's Morris Day in the time. You're a dumbass. Yeah. No, Huey Lewis in the news, man. Oh, hey, listeners, you might notice how, like, number one, they kind of quit doing sound cues in King of the Hill. And you might have noticed how I stopped doing it halfway through Redneck, Redneck on Rainy Street. That's because all four of the YouTube converter sites that I use are now just, like, straight malware sites. So probably not coming back ever again. Sorry, guys. It, it might happen. We'll see if we can figure something out. But honestly, we're not going to work that hard on it. So don't get your hopes up. I ain't getting sued so y'all can have, like, musical context. Yes. Uh, give us some of your pros, man. Some of my pros. Um, staggeringly few. I just kind of sat back and watched, which kind of pissed me off because I feel like I should have taken more notes. But then I get to thinking about it, and nothing really happens in this episode to take pros and or cons over. Anyway, Bill gets a new shirt, and I think it is adorable. I just... Cotton it's like goes a bowling buys shirt, one of right? His, like, huh? It's like a bowling shirt, right? Yeah, it was the shirt that men were wearing at that time. Like, Charlie Sheen would po- had popularized it in Two and a Half Men. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we talked about it with uh, Get Your Freak Off. McBee was wearing it, too. That was that was what right. men were wearing in 2005. It was a really weird time. Um, yeah, just Bill got a new shirt, and that's precious. But then, like... Man, I'm almost kind of disappointed, and it's still a pro, but I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see more, like, fatty cotton shenanigans. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah. then, long story short, I was clinically dead. <laughs> I want to see Bill cool hand looking all these friggin' potatoes. That's hilarious. Like, enough <laughs> to get, like, potato shock poisoning. Like, Oh, man. I can only imagine that that detoxed him enough to where his, like, body, his heart reset itself. It was like, oh, wait a minute. You mean that the, the like, insanely abusive amounts of salt that you put into your body every single day is actually getting sucked up by these potatoes? By these potatoes. Oh. <laughs> Just like in soup. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so why got I, to me. No, like I'm, I'm with you, but I'm glad they didn't show it because I think it means more if he just, he's so proud of, of dying, like being clinically dead and coming back. I just, I like Cotton and Bill playing around together. They're just kind of fun. And I almost think like Cotton begrudgingly appreciates him a little bit. He's not such a dick rider like Dale, but he's still all up on his nuts. So like, oh, sure. Um, I like the dynamic of Peggy and Bobby and Dale. Um, this kind of remind. This has shades of um, the Gun Club episode, not the Gun Club, the Book Club episode. Yeah, yeah. I, um, oh. Peggy's World of Books. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but what's the episode called? Full Metal Dust Jacket. Um, Full Metal Dust Jacket. It reminds me of that one a lot because they're still getting into shenanigans. And a long time ago, we were talking about when does Dale make the jump to hating Peggy into liking Peggy and getting into shenanigans with her? It's happening. This is, this is when it happens. Dust jacket was like a misdirect, but now, now it's happening. 
It is, and he'll go. He'll go back to hating her. Like we're definitely not quite there yet. He revels in ruining her birthday party, but. But that's just because he likes to be an ass. Like. Yeah. He he would ruin anybody's birthday party. Dale is opportunistically evil. I think. Okay. Dale's a true chaotic neutral. He will just fuck with anybody he can. Doesn't matter. He will just okay. Do I it. can see yeah. that. Yeah. Um. We're going to Mexico. Whee! I laughed too hard. It's usually a good sign. No, it's usually a good sign when they go to Mexico for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lupe's Revenge, Beer and Loathing. Like, yeah. Uh, three Days of the Condo. Yeah. Damn yeah. that Mexican banana. <laughs> um, I like Bill in this episode as a general pro. This isn't pantload Bill. This is like... This is a fully realized adult dynamic bill, you know? And yes, he just serves to get the shit kicked out of him. But you got to have that too sometimes in life. And literally instead of like him getting the shit kicked out of him, like, you know, emotionally or like in a relationship. No, he's just going to get the shit kicked out of him. But it's okay because he is useful. I think he even kind of like, I think he kind of even appreciates it a little bit because Bill realizes that he is helping. Like he's aware of it. Yes. Like he's most a, of the time they're not, shit yeah, out, Hank isn't not. like setting him up to get his ass kicked. He's like, I need a distraction. And Bill goes, I can give you that distraction. Like, yeah, he's contributing and he to the situation. Like three not... times in this episode. <laughs> he gets thrown off a fucking balcony, like <laughs> deck, mezzanine, <laughs> whatever he... that thing is called. He's dead. He has a like <laughs> traumatic spine injury. By the end of the episode, Bill is like he is visibly like you can't recognize his face anymore because of how much how many beatings he's taken. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Finally, um Bill it's another Bill line. I really like Bill this week apparently. Um Bill crying on the beach and the mariachi band just playing behind him sadly. <laughs> I just it's great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're not the you're not the only one that loved Bill this week, buddy. It's good. This is a really good Bill episode. Like, it's been a damn minute. Yeah, like a, a long, long damn minute. I'm gonna hop into my pros if you if you're done. Yes, please do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just I'm reflecting on like how long. When's the last time we saw Bill being good? Like, uh, probably um, the 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 haircut episode with Luann. Oh, okay. That's not Beto. That's not too far away. Okay, that's yeah, that's a good no, one. No, but like it, it's but it's been a good it's been probably ten episodes. Opera's Hank Le Deluge, we already talked about that one. That's a pretty good ish bill yeah, episode. That's a good bill that's a good bill episode, yeah. Um, um no, so yeah. my all of my pros are bill related here. Oh, sweet. Uh, the first one is I really enjoy that Bill got picked to be Cotton's Gal Friday instead of Dale, because we've seen the Cotton and Dale show a lot. Um, we yes. know what sort of shit they get into. And I really, I, I want to say that, that Dale leads Cotton into whatever bullshit they're getting into. And the positive of having Bill be a part of this instead of Dale is that Cotton now gets to be in charge. Hence how Dale ends up, e- or not Dale, how Bill ends up eating a shitload of potatoes and almost dying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Cotton gets to be the one in charge here, which is really, I mean, what, what else do you 
do you want out of a cotton episode than to see him marching other stupid other people into stupid situations bill is mm-hmm. perfect for that yes. plus they have never explored their military bond i love his hey wait a minute ain't one of you in the army sir yes sir sergeant Barber. like uh-huh. he does that that whole ridiculous shit and it's like why have you never explored that bond before out of all of hank's friends he should be connecting with bill the most yeah yeah um you already nailed it, but Bill getting mariachi on the beach is fucking hilarious to me. I love that Hank walks up on him and he is just sitting there with these dudes playing behind him. And then they follow him when they walk away. Yeah. So yeah, they, they chase him up the beach. Yeah, that's hilarious. Right? And then my last pro is that Bill gets TBI'd so hard that he mistakes butter and water. He can't tell what is what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Bill. Oh, but how uh, bad do you is, want a whole is... bucket of shrimp? I oh don't don't even start with me right now. Next but... time you are up, new eating challenge, listeners. You listen or you watched and discussed on Twitter as Johnny and I horsed five pounds of meat, six pounds of meat. <laughs> like, I'm willing to do three pound buckets a piece of of uh, fucking coconut shrimp with you, buddy. Oh, dude, I will so just race you on or like plain ass shrimp. shrimp. I yeah, nah, like <laughs> I will race you. <laughs> Oh, good lord. Uh, give me some cons, because I know you got some here. Uh, cons, there is way too much Dale ass. I see way too much of Dale Gribble's giblets. <laughs> oh my god. I get it. It's the bit. It's the joke. I. There's just so It's continuity, much. man. It's continuity. That is continuity. Uh, you know, I guess I gotta give it like a side pro is like continuity number one, but then also, there's the shot of them climbing that one fence, and he sits profile... <laughs> And you see his, like, horrible beer gut spilling over his track team physique. Um, That little (laughs) bit is hilarious. Like, and I really, again, you know, like, if I'm going to freak out about, like, Nancy getting a down blouse shot because they're animating these people like humans, I'm going to also freak out about Dale's, like, side fat muffin top fence jump animation. It's just great. His banana hammock. Yeah, but man, there's so much Dale ass in this, and it is... I almost think it's a con because Bobby has to be privy to it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Peggy, whatever. I don't care about Peggy. Peggy is a grown woman. She's done things you can't even imagine with her husband, Hank. She's been na- neighbors with Dale. She's seen him naked already. Uh, w- what is it? Uh, the trouble with the gribbles. Oh, there goes the underwear, and he's crying in the swing. I want my nan-nan back. She's seen Dale naked well, already. She's been hot-tubbing with him. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I feel, I think I feel worse for Bobby. That's like, I think I wrote that con for Bobby specifically. Um, this is the con for me. The drift on my Xbox's controller is so bad. It started fucking up the watch of this episode. It started jumping. Oh no. <laughs> I'm sitting there writing notes. And it's like jumping scenes. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I realized I'm using the black one. It's the, it's the drift. That's what's going on. So listeners, if you want to subscribe to that Patreon, Mark needs a new Xbox controller. Um, nah, you just need new, you just need new toggles. That's easy. Just give me a new controller. Come on. <laughs> I want nice <laughs> things. Where's my Brooklyn or where's my Topsy money? Um, con timeshares in general, just like the, the general underlying mm. theme here of how willing rich is to steal this old man's money. It makes me sick to my stomach. I, yeah. I get it. That's the point. That's what we're doing. Rich is an amazing character in the way that he's written just to be his total piece of shit. And I also side con pro. It's weird. I got a lot of pro cons in this one where it's like, they're good bits, but they're also bad. Um, I didn't catch his name. Gil. 
the, the one that sells Hank the timeshare that ultimately <laughs> makes fucking kill. I think deal. it's Jim. Jim, I think it, yeah, I think you're right, Jim. No, so I'm, you're thinking Gil because it's the Gil from The Simpsons that is doing um, the Glen Gary Gen, Glen Ross. Yes, yeah, yeah, like, thousand percent. Oh, jeez, no, no. I, I, if I can't get this, then I'm just I'm gonna die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you took another one from old Gil. Yeah, no, but like I like that. That's what he's doing. That's his like character choice. You know, there's obviously yeah. a there's obviously a team here. They've been established, like. What Mindy is the hot chick that says an attractive man like you and Bill thou- immediately like Ultra Simpson buys a timeshare like <laughs> both of them <laughs> both of them yeah like everybody has their role to play I like that his is down on his luck piece of crap like and he's oh I was about to lose my wife and my job and <laughs> he's into it oh sign here 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 and here like that's great I love that but man fuck timeshares fuck that predatory thing I was just in Vegas do you know how many like timeshare presentation offers I got told to go watch in like a 20 minute span of walking the strip too many that's how many oh way too many oh god it's gross um, um mark do you know who voices rich bowen uh, who is it it's our patron saint of the dang old podcast mark david herman is it david herman i honestly thought it was steven root no so D- david herman does rich i'm 99 percent sure that steven root does jim huh and Wendy is Pamela Adlin. So, like, they're recycling a, a Wendy, couple of different roles yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, um, good old David Herman, man. You know he, you know he's in for a penny, in for a pound with some of these, like, shysty characters. Oh, yeah. Well, he's so good at him, too. I, and, you know, again, it kind of speaks to it. Like, I keep not – usually I can place David Herman, but sometimes, like, I just – you can't. Like, the man really blends yeah. in. And I super – again, David Herman, we love you. So much. You know we love you. We paid for pay, we paid for a, a a fucking cameo for you to tell us how much we love you because we needed the reassurance. <laughs> <laughs> we're the whores, Johnny. Or I guess we're buying the whores. I don't know. We're the cottons. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I again without like bitching about timeshares and shit. Yeah, that's those are my cons. Um, I don't know. What do you got? Cons or thoughts or um. No, so I've got two cons here, and it's funny because one of them is going to directly contradict what you just said. Cool. And it's that I'm, I am not here to defend the concept of a timeshare, but for me personally, the idea of having a place that you can go to every single year that's your place is very appealing to me. And this episode turns it real dirty. Like, like everybody's out to just get you and nail you and try and, and suck every dime out of you. Now, this is this is like... A year ago, Johnny wouldn't have said this because a year ago, Johnny hadn't done very many tra- very much traveling, especially not international traveling. But mm-hmm. as you all fucking know, I'm Euro trash now. And so I've done all sorts of fucking traveling. And I, I think my wife and I have kind of made it a point to say every fucking July, we want to go to this one place because we had such a good fucking time there when oh. we went there last year. We want to go every goddamn year. And July is a perfect fucking time to do it because it's not super hot. There's still rain outside, all this shit. It's fucking Norway, guys. I'm going to be the asshole that says I'm going to go to Norway every goddamn July. And the idea of having a timeshare or something like that where I don't have to worry about who I'm staying with, what I'm fucking paying for, 
like, cool, I have my spot and I know exactly where I'm going and I'm in this nice little weird little Norwegian town. Like, that is so fucking appealing to me. Hell yeah. So it's it's a con to me that they make it sound so shitty and shystery. My grandmother has had a timeshare for probably the bulk of my entire life. It's here in Colorado. It's in a mountain town. Uh, it, it rhymes with the word schmale. Um, ah. And like... She goes once or twice a year because it's, hey, this is my timeshare. I come mm-hmm. up here to kind of decompress. It's not a super long fucking drive for her. But it's just like, hey, this is a nice little weekend getaway. I can go do what I want. To a point, it's very appealing. Now, the bulk of this episode is them talking about how, hey, you can't actually own land in a foreign country, which I think needs to be said. If someone's trying <laughs> yes. to sell you shit and you can't fucking buy land there, then yeah, don't don't be a sucker that's that's stupid yes yes but it's a con to me that the the concept of a timeshare or the like hey you want to come and visit this is so like shit on because i personally don't feel like it should be however those predatory my other cons here those predatory companies that swindle the elderly can go fuck themselves because yeah. that is the bulk of this episode, too, is how much money can we get out of Cotton? And the second they realize they can't get all this much money out of him because he's on a fixed income and doesn't even own his own house, they immediately go, oh, yeah, no, fuck this. We're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, it's not a con on the episode. It's a con on the, the human beings that will take advantage of your, your elderly loved ones and take every fucking cent they can get out of them. Mm-hmm. Guys, make sure you're reaching out to your grandparents, to your parents, especially if they're getting older, and saying, hey – Please don't just give money to people. Yeah. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. They don't need the money. Just, hey, just a, a billionaire no. uh, or a self-professed billionaire will never need money from you. So just no. don't. So stop trying to bail his ass out of jail. You're not owning the libs by doing it. Like, please, just save your money. It's fine. Send it to your grandkids. They need people. it. Yes. Send They're it still down struggling. the chain, not fucking up the chain. No, no <laughs> lateral movements of money here. It always, always, only ever should be going down. Subscribe to your you favorite King of the Hill podcast in Colorado's Patreon. That'd be a great one. Who fucking knows? A. You know? there <laughs> There's you not go. a Patreon, there guys. I just keep saying there is because at some point there will be, I'm sure. But <laughs> guys, when we eventually finish King of the Hill, the Patreon's going to show up because we can't just host this shit forever for like the the monthly service fees we pay. So you're going to have to fork out money eventually, but you can just wait until the end of it and then get it all at once. It's great. We're going to sell it on a, what did we decide? A 20 CD set? 20 CDs. Exactly. Yes. Um, if you, if you're really, really into it, then we'll, uh, we'll do additional commentaries for them where we add your name into it. But yeah, I don't know. We haven't we haven't talked about it too much. Um, we'll Mark, it out. favorite moments. Let's get to favorite moments here because we're almost done, and I have had way too so much close. alcohol tonight. We are so close. We do, and it's nice to not be the drunk one for a change. But I'm getting there. <laughs> trust me. Um, number one favorite moment. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh Kelly smells like strawberries, and his pee and he pees ginger beer. That's just a great little line. I love. I'm gonna carry that with me in my heart and use that line going forward. Um. I don't know. It's such a toss-up between Bill getting yeeted off the mezzanine deck <laughs> pool thing, okay, or Bill crying on the beach. I just I can't quite tell. I'm gonna say Bill getting yeeted because Bill crying. We never got one of his classic. 
like high pitched cries. He, he doesn't do the bill squeal. Yeah. No, and, I, and that's that's a signature, man. If you're not gonna have that, then it's not quite worth it. Hey, I also just realized. Um, call back to oh shit, what is it? The one with the last meals episode. I know which episode you're talking about. I don't you know what I'm talking about. Now. And they all abandon Bill and he starts eating. What's he eating? That's right. Shrimp. We now have establishment that Bill's like comfort go-to binge food is shellfish. Because <laughs> he's like yes. binging that bucket of shrimp too at the bar. That's my, that's my new yes. favorite moment is Bill just because he's from Louisiana and he eats all the goddamn crap. Johnny, look at all this crap I'm making up in my own head. Um, favorite moments out of you, buddy, that actually happened. Um, I've only got one here, and it's a cotton line, and it's that they got the water that don't give you the hot poops. Swanky. <laughs> Swanky. <laughs> Guys, I feel like this is almost a waste of a cotton episode because he should be more of a of a focal point, and yet he is not my favorite part of this episode. It's like the first yeah. cotton episode I've watched where he is not my favorite character. Yeah, he's just kind of there. Like... I don't know though. It's strange, I, right? I like I like the bill. I like this episode as a bill episode though. Like it's oh, I do, I do too. It's just strange to watch a cotton centered episode and not have him be the like the best part of it because he is he overtakes every other episode he's in. Yeah, I also am not super depressed after watching this one. Like, there's a couple cotton episodes. Like, cotton comes marching home again. It brought us both down. Like that is a severely depressing episode. Yeah. And this isn't, that's kind of nice too, just to not have a like, really like punch in the dick, sad cotton episode. I mean, if we're looking forward here, how many, genuinely, how many more cotton episodes do you think we got? Handful? He, Death Picks Cotton is like last season, right? It might be, yeah. Or maybe like, because I know he dies, and then I know there's that really dumb episode of Hank having to flush his ashes down the toilet, so. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know, yeah, um. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, any other thoughts or you want a rater or where are we at, buddy? No. Um, no, I, I mean, I say we, we give her a rating, man. All right. Well, what are you going to give death by a timeshare? Uh, so I gave it a butane. butane. It's watchable. Bill is the punching bag all episode, like quite literally. Um, Cotton is kind of pathetic in this episode because he not pathetic is the wrong word here. I don't like seeing Cotton get taken advantage of. I feel like he should know better. He's smarter than this. He should know. He is smarter than this, and they've they've started to devolve him. It happened with our last episode um, that we saw him in with Mister Whippy, where it's just like you you guys you're starting to take. Thank you, Dale Tech. You're starting to take the the in unbreakableness of cotton and you're starting to show his age and it's almost like they're gearing us up for death picks cotton and so it's yeah, not they're reminding my us episode. how old grandpa is exactly it's not yeah. my favorite episode and it seems like such a radical shift because a season ago we saw him overtake a military academy and punish bobby yes like and that is a that is a 100 cotton episode where he's in charge of everything so, I don't know, to me, this is, it's a butane. I'm not going to seek this episode out. I definitely will keep it on if it's on. Um, I'm going to find something funny to watch with it. The B story was just kind of meh. Yeah. I don't know why they had to go pool hopping because they really just needed to wait until the, the 
people checking out Luann's old house went away and just went and hung out in that pool again. You know, I'm kind of mad we didn't get like a, I honestly thought we were going to get a bit there where it would have been like, how do we protect our pool? And there is a bit on, you know, there's that bit and it's, um, oh shit, it's moving on up, I think. And Dale and Bill start dancing and singing, uh, thank God I'm a country boy to like, like scare off God. the potential. <laughs> Like, life ain't nothing life but a funny, nothing funny, but a gribble. gribble. There's that little yep. bit. I'm really sad we didn't get that with Bobby and Peggy and and, and uh, Dale. That would have been kind of funny, like, standing in, like, either the Gribbles yard or in the hills. And Hank is gone. We don't care. We're acting purely on, like, impulse. So, oh, like, sure. Peggy comes out and starts yelling at Dale, you dumb redneck, I know about you and that. Something. Anything at all. Just anything at all to get those I people see... away. <laughs> I want to see Dale out there sunbathing in his fucking banana hammock. Like... Spread eagle to the world. Yes, right next door. Yes, and then Bobby. I mean, I don't want to see it, but like, Dad, yeah. the the tarantulas got away. We'll get them, son. Like, I want to see that. I want to see the little B plot there where they try and drive people out. All right, this driving people out isn't working. The realtor is pissed off at us. All right, now we go pool hopping. But exactly, that's better than them going to the pool where Dale's like, "Oh, they were puppies when I was here." Such a dumb bit. Yeah, just wasted. <laughs> that's, that's a stupid dumb bit. wasted yeah. bit. Eaton so, Cohen, I, I think we're mad at you. I can't quite tell. I cannot quite tell, but I'm pretty sure we're mad at Eaton Cohen. I, I'm, I, no, I'm just, I, I expected more out of, out of Dale with you here. Yeah. And he could have, he could have taken Dale and run, taken the easy, low hanging fruit of, hey, look, it's a Dale and Cotton episode. Let's, let's just have fun with it. And that's, that's easy. That's the easy thing. So he took the harder route, and I'm gonna give him. I, I'm not happy with him, but I'll give him the credit for trying something new. Yeah. No. Um, what did you give this one, man? If I gave it a butane, are we on a two-tane for this? I'm really sorry. I know I said I'd make you a fucking sound effect last week. I will get you a fucking sound <laughs> effect. There will be a fucking sound effect. Yes, it's a two-tane. Probably not this week because I'm kind of on an editing crunch. There's a two-tane sound effect to coming, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a fine episode, whatever. I'm not going to turn it off. I'm not going to turn it on, though, for sure. You know what? Honestly, yeah. I think I'd watch Miss Wakefield before I watched this one again. Wow. If two butanes, I would pick that one over this one because like nothing happened. Nothing happens in either one, but I like them both for different reasons. Maybe I spoke too soon. Now, as I think about it, and I re crash course the last hour and forty eight minutes in my head. Ah, fuck it. That's <laughs> a butane. I, it's it's fine. Literal middle of the road. Like it's good to see a, a, a not super depressing cotton episode, but like, yeah, it's also cool to watch Hank tank the Hills credit rating for a change. <laughs> it's true this also this might be the first cotton episode where you and i haven't gotten a fucking rail to talk about our about supporting our troops and shit <laughs> because it's finally not a fucking issue in this episode yeah because he's the last one they're all dead like <laughs> no yeah, more troops then, to like, support death when death picks cotton comes up or when they have to flush his ashes you know you and i are gonna rail on it again yeah we will we will but Fucking A. It's a signature here. It's a signature well, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that just about settles us up for this week, doesn't it? I think that's it. But before we do that, I got a pretty important question, buddy. Let's hear it, man. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I've had a lot of alcohol tonight. <laughs> and I can say without a doubt that I hate Mrs. Wakefield. Yeah. But I love King of the Hill. It's good to hear, buddy. How about you? Uh, yeah, I still look at, look, I can't even talk because I too have had quite a bit of liquor tonight. I still love King of the Hill. Yeah, like, 
It's so weird. I didn't think I was going to rate Wakefield as a butane. I still feel weird. Like, yeah. I'm nah, proud of you, man. It's weird. You're, you're being know. more objective than I. <laughs> what a what a weird moment in time that I'm... <laughs> you're the not more reasonable of the two of us. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're always so much more grounded and human than me. Hey, right now I'm, I am not grounded at all. I'm about... Five feet off the air, fueled by f- fucking French alcohol. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we should probably get out of here. But before we do that, Johnny, do you want to tell these good people where they can find us? I would absolutely love that. Uh, good people of internet and podcast land can always reach out to us at Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We've got a email, danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Facebook. We have a group called Dang Old Podcast. Uh, who would have thought? Uh, we try and stay pretty active on there. I, I've been trying to be better. I know you have as well, Mark, about mm-hmm. interacting with folks that that are just talking with us about episodes. Guys, we love to hear from you. Um, please tell us if you agree with us. Tell us if you think we're gigantic fucking morons for our, our quotes here. Um You can always reach out to me personally on Instagram if you ever want to flame me for my hatred of Miss Wakefield. I am at Krautball. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball. And uh, Mark, I want to shout out that we, uh, so now we have officially three shows here on the High Hammock Network here. We have this show, The Dangle Podcast. You all know us. You all love us. We also have our longtime running sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, with Mark and Josh. And we have a brand new podcast that just started a couple of weeks ago, I Can't Wait to Show My Kids, where Mark and our good buddy Brad talk an awful lot about movies that they've seen, they haven't seen, one has seen, the other has not. And they kind of go over when it's appropriate to show kids, and and it's it's a celebration of movies. It's a lot of fun. Guys, we're, we're growing. We're trying to grow. Let us know if you like the content we're putting out there. But in order to do that, you got to be able to con- not just contact me, but contact Mark as well. Mark, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. Um, that's probably the easiest way to do it. And speaking of which, Johnny, we did have one such person reach out and touch someone. That someone is you and I. They did it through the Twitter pod or through the Dangle Podcast yeah. Twitter. I want to shout out our new friends. We have podcast friends. We like officially have like podcast homies that isn't just our shows talking to the other hosts of those shows. No, the Reboot Deboot Podcast. It's a weekly podcast yes. that drops on Friday. They take movies, so they take film franchises that like are being rebooted, and then like they look at the original, and then they look at like the new reboot. Um, they hit me up last week I want to say and they just said they were kind of into us and I looked into them and I'm really into them too they make a lot of cool points I it's interesting they almost in a way kind of like I get a weird you and me vibe in it to where like the one host Griffin who I've been talking to is kind of like more your style and he's like upbeat and like yeah let's go watch some movies and have fun <laughs> versus the other host um, Alex who's kind of more like me and he's like I hate everything in existence Not he doesn't hate but you know what I mean like it's just it's a little harder sure. to win him over. Um, no, they're great. I just listened to their Hellboy episode. I'm going through them all now. Go check Ooh, them out, guys. Okay. Um, I think we're trying to put together a little bit of a collaboration because they specialize in reboots. Hey, what just got rebooted and, and announced? That's right. This stupid adult animation classic. It's not stupid. I take that back. I love the <laughs> King of the Hill. But yeah. The reboot so like, may be stupid. <laughs> right, yeah, that, it's guaranteed to be. It's right up our it's right up our alley. If you like us, if you're going to go listen to Can't Wait to Show My Kids, go listen to these guys too because it's like 
yeah, I'm going to plug a movie podcast on my King of the Hill podcast while I plug my own movie podcast. Like, two sides of the same coin, two dudes who love movies, like, a lot of good points, a lot of salient points. They're compelling to listen to. Go check them out. Reboot, deboot. They're on Spotify. They're on Anchor. They're on all that good shit. Um, Tell them Dangle Podcast sent you. Yeah, just... It's great. We're making friends. We're getting out there. Number one podcast, King of the Hill podcast in Colorado until someone tells me differently. Johnny, let's get the hell out of here, buddy, on what is now our longest episode. We are just doing... Okay, so next week, next week we're going to keep it to a cold, like, 46 minutes, guys. Don't worry. Ten minutes per episode, three minutes per segment. That's it. Just <laughs> cut and paste. That's... We're done. No discussion. Just hitting them goddamn beats because I don't... I don't know. I, pro- I, I promise. I promise nothing. I'm so proud of us. We put just as much effort and time into Mrs. Wakefield and episodes that we knew, at least you knew, that you were going to hate going into. We, we gave it the Dangle Podcast treatment, and that is, I am proud of us for that. I will pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting out of here, everybody. You have a wonderful night. We will see you next week. I just want to die in your podcast. No. <laughs> Please. Get out of here. <laughs>